I want to talk about these three young men this morning that are commonly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of y'all might have heard it this way, uh, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow, but that's not true, amen. And these three Hebrew um, young men were very important to God, and they were going to become iconic. They did not know that, of course, at the time. But their names before that, they had names that were less familiar to us, but that were actually their real uh, Hebrew names. And the first man's name was Hananiah. That was the first man's name. And Hananiah means this. It means Yah or God. Yah means God. Yah is gracious. Everybody say he's gracious. Second one was Mishael. And Mishael's name, name means this, the one who is what Yah is. The one who is what Yah is. The third one is Azariah, meaning Yah has helped. Let me tell you what you will find when you become the, some sort of position of a crisis or you find yourself in a fire, like these men would find themselves. You find that God is gracious. You find that you are one with God. And you will find that God will help you. Somebody say Amen. This is the meaning of the names of these three Hebrew young men. Their, their names were changed from Hebrew to Chaldean, and Hananiah, meaning Yah is gracious, was changed to Shadrach. Shadrach, which means ruled by the moon god. Mishael, meaning the one who is as Yah is, was changed to Meshach, which means this, the one who is what Aku is. So changed his name from the living God to another God of who he is. And then Azariah, meaning Yah will help you, Yah will help you, uh, changed it to Abednego, meaning slave of the God Nergo. Slave of the God Nergo. So in other words, um, what happened in the process was taken from the, their homeland, there, 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 was an, there was something about it. I'm going to get a little ahead of myself because I can start getting excited as I know where I'm going with this. But there's something about it that when they were taken from their homeland and they weren't allowed to stay where God had placed them, their destiny or the purpose of who they were actually called to be was beginning to change. The world will put labels on you if you allow them, and the world will want to keep you from going from going to where God's called you or staying where God's called you to taking you and putting you in a new place of culture. So in other words, we're going to change your name from your destiny and your purpose of who you really are because that's what a name is. It's the identity or the purpose of who you are and we are going to change it to the culture of our day. And now then we're going to slap our God's name on you. And so this is what I find happening today in the world and I'm not going to preach this too hard right now but I do believe that this is what's happening and, 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 and with the enemy attacking especially God's people is he's starting to woo God's people slowly and, and slowly. It's like the, the frog that's being boiled in the water doesn't know it's dying until it's dead. In other words, it just it acclimates to the t temperature. Same is happening with the culture of our day. It's like I see the church being a little bit more like the world and a little bit talk a little bit more like the world, dress a little bit more like the world, look a little bit more, act a little bit more, have the mindset more of the world, and we don't even realize that we're changing the very identity and purpose of who we are as a person and as a people. And the setting here is in ancient Babylon during the Maccabean era uh, from the mid-century to the second century and somewhere around there where we have the back 
backdrop of the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. So we have King Nebuchadnezzar who knows these three men um, and, 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 and he has a heart for them. He does have a heart for them, but he knows they're not of them. They're Jewish young men that serve a God they call Yah or Jehovah. And these men that were around Nebuchadnezzar were very jealous of the fact that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was getting the attention of the king, knew that they would never bow their knee to any other god because they made it very clear they would not. They don't serve many gods. They serve one god. His name is Yah. That's it. And so three times a day, they would bow to, to him, to God, the God of heaven, Jehovah, and they would worship him three times a day. So these men contrived something and begin to tell the king, you know, it'd be very good if we built a statue in your honor, pure gold, and, and we had the whole kingdom uh, at certain times of the day, we play the flute and the lair and the, you know, the instruments, and everybody would stop their work. Wouldn't it be nice, king? And then we could all just face toward your idol of who you are, and we'd all drop and worship, bow down and worship you. So he felt it was a good thing and decided, let's go ahead and erect this statue. And they did it the whole time knowing they're going to try to trap Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The enemy's always trying to contrive somewhere in your life to get you to bow and bend. And if he can't do it over your morals, he'll do it through fear. I'm preaching better than y'all want to shout this morning. He'll try to get you to be afraid. Because the rule was, if they would not bow down your image, what we should do, O king, is build a furnace. And what we'll do is anybody who doesn't bow will be thrown into that furnace. And everybody knew it. And, and of course, we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew it as well. But they would not bow down uh, to this, uh, this, this, this uh, golden image. It's as if the enemy is always trying to lay or set a trap for God's people. This is what it said in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, It is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready at, this, at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, then good. Okay? Um, in other words, he's talking nicely to them. I, I heard you didn't want to do it, but you know what? When you hear the sound, I'll give you a second chance. If you do it, then that's going to be a good thing. Okay? It'll be good for you. Isn't it amazing how people wish good things to happen to us just as long as we fall in line with what they think we should be doing in the first place? Isn't it interesting how the world will get along with you or even your brother and your sister in Christ and, or your brother, real brother and sister just as long as you fall in line with what everybody else is saying and doing and don't you dare come out of line because then we'll know who you are and then we will mark you for who you are. Hey, you can go to church. Just don't be giving all your money over there because after all, my God, they got plenty of money. They don't need your money to build the kingdom of God and get people saved and, and help the community out. You can be a Christian. Just don't be shoving that stuff down my throat, okay? Okay? You can have an opinion, just keep it to yourself. You can, you can have that brand new car, just don't be posting those pictures on Facebook so I have to see them, praise God. They want you to fall in line and, and bow to the life that they have erected for you. And if they don't see it, that that's something they see for you or label can label you in the culture of their mind or their day, then they want to call you out on it. And this is exactly what Jesus was up against, the very first thing, church. 
He does. After he's being baptized in the River Jordan by John, the Baptist's cousin, he comes up in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God drives him out into the wilderness, and he's in the wilderness, and there he's tempted. He's fasting 40 days, 40 nights, and he's tempted by the devil. Three times the devil comes to him. And one of those times, the devil said, I'll tell you what, after the, I, I know you don't really want to listen to what I got to say, but if you will just bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms, because he put them on a high pinnacle and, and showed them all the kingdoms. He said, look, you don't have to bleed and die. You don't have to go through all that sacrifice. Just give me some worship. Bow down right now. Show me a little respect, and I'll give you all the kingdoms you want anyways. All the kingdoms of men is what he was talking about. And Jesus said, I will not bow. You bow and worship only one, and his name is God. Somebody say amen. And him only will I Church, the devil will tempt you to bow to the demands of public opinion, to political pressure, to get you to bow. Uh, he'll tempt you to bow and take a, a job for money rather than for what the will of God is for your life. Take a job across uh, the country because it looks better than just get a job here in Milwaukee where God actually wants you to live and be and thrive and survive. Somebody say amen. I'm so tired of hearing people, I miss your church so much, Pastor. And I guess that's nice. I don't mean to be mean. And that's Say, I, miss, I, I wish we had a faith builders here. I'm just dried up. I mean, I'm just so discouraged. I can't find you. Been here two years. You should have never left in the first place. You need to be where God sends you. Not where you want to be, where God sends you. I can't start a church there. God didn't call me to start a church there. Except for Hawaii. I know. I feel a calling and pull. But for your sakes, I'm here. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he'll tempt you to bow to sexual immorality. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I, Brother So-and-so did it, and he messed up last year. And look, he's still serving God. Everything seems to be okay. But you don't know loss. Everybody has loss. You can get forgiven and still walk in some loss. And so you don't know the, the river of tears that they've cried and, 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 and said, Lord, I'm so sorry. And, but there's loss in the process. Somebody say, help me out. Say amen to this. But my Bible tells me when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. Don't bow. Stand. Stand firm in faith. Don't back down on the day of adversity. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord your God. Who's ready to make a stand? Yesterday I, I took a little drive. And as I'm driving, I... Uh, the Spirit of God came upon me very strong, and, and, I, and I didn't, there's times, I, I'm, if I can just be real, and I think an intercessor would know what I'm talking about, I love his presence, and sometimes I do not love his presence, and all I can tell you is because there's, he's not always fun and, and, and frill and, and make you feel good and brings peace, sometimes he troubles your soul. And I felt my spirit troubled, just troubled and troubled. Yesterday I said, Lord, what is this? What is this? Why do I feel troubled? And you know, I'm taking it personal, right? Something's up with me. What's wrong, God? And I'm praying through and I'm driving and I'm praying and I'm driving. I'm praying I can't shake. I'll shake it for a minute. And then it come right back on me again. And, 
And God, please, I don't like this. I don't like this. Every time I start going there, uh, the tears come and then my nose gets all plugged up and I'm blowing my nose and it, I don't like that. And then, you know, it's just, it's uncomfortable and, 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 and the feeling like this turmoil inside of me. I said, Lord, what is this? What is going on here? And then it hit me. This is not me because I was happy. I've been feeling great, been doing good, excited about being in the house of God today. He said, this is how the people feel. Son, this is what they're going through. They're discouraged. They don't know which way to turn. They're in turmoil. They don't know um, my purpose for their life. It's like they've tried to marry two opinions, the culture of the day and, and my word. And, and so the, when they're in my word, they get excited again, but then they go right back to the culture again. Not that you're compromising or in sin, but that your mindset has not become one. And there's a torment that goes with that. And that's what I was feeling that's going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm here to tell you, that's going to break today. That's an assignment out of hell that's coming off of this church and coming off of you today. I'm going to go back to verse 15. But if you don't worship, watch this, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. In other words, if you don't toe the line, crisis, something bad is coming to you. And yesterday I kept feeling over and over, why do I keep feeling something bad, something wrong? The, the, the proverbial rug is about to be jerked from underneath me and I realized it wasn't me. It wasn't, that wasn't my feeling for me. It was what I was feeling for the body of Christ. And maybe not just our church. Maybe it's for the body in general. Sometimes you can tap into that flow of the Holy Spirit and you can feel what the, the, the sense of what's happening uh, all across the land. And I feel it, this, this unnerving feeling, gnawing thing of what's going to happen. Some of you are so weary. And that's another thing I kept feeling. It's like, Lord, I can't keep doing that. I felt tired and weary just by going through all those motions and that's what you've been going through a weariness of soul but here's what the word of the Lord is to you be, do, uh, be not grow weary while do not grow weary while doing good but in due season you shall reap if you faint not if you are wearied it's not because you're doing something wrong. Weariness only comes on those who do good. I'm preaching really good now. And when you're doing good, a weariness will try to get on your soul so that you will not stand in the day but bow to the pressure. And when you bow to the pressure, you miss the opportunity of the harvest. Be not afraid. Be not afraid, church. Rise up. Get up on your feet. Not right now, but in your spiritual self. You stand up and you face the fear and you tell it to get the hell out of your house, out of your spirit, out of your children, out of your finances, and up out of your body. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, and the joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
we got some joyful, happy warriors out there today. Hallelujah. Something bad is going to happen. Ooh. There's a furnace waiting for you. You don't bow. You can look forward to dying, a death being burned alive in a furnace. Look, everybody loves me. Everybody thought I was the cat's meow. Kids don't even know what that means. I'm not sure what it means. We just grew up hearing it. In other words, they liked me until I became a senior pastor. When I was the youth guy, everybody thought I was cool. When I was the music guy, everybody loved me and wanted to hang out with me. But as soon as I became the senior pastor, all of a sudden that began to change. In other words, when you walk in your ultimate destiny, you can expect that the enemy is going to come and usually comes in the form of other Christians. Now I'm preaching really good. Who we love but want to slap across the face in Jesus' name. And then we, then we tell them what the Bible says. If they slap you one cheek, give me the other one. Hallelujah. We quote the word back to them. Amen. Amen. Why did I get off on that? I don't know. But I started thinking about something that made me mad. People think if you follow Christ, you're going to be on cruise. The truth is if you follow Christ, you're heading into a crisis. Not a crisis for you for calamity, but a crisis for you to solve. Not everybody is going to love you. There are some people right now that are working behind your back and have laid a trap for you to fall in. And they smile through their crooked teeth and they tell you how much they love you, but they hate you. They can't stand you. They're jealous of your gifting. They, they talk about you every time they get a chance behind your back. I do not tell you that for paranoia. I tell you that as a fact. I don't have any enemies. Mm-hmm, you do. You got them. You got them. You're just naive. You think everybody just loves you. Truth is, there's people in this room that can't stand me and come to this church every single week. Because you think your job is to pray for me to get right. You think your job, oh, I'm preaching real good because I'm going to find you. You think your job is to set the preacher straight. I'm only there to set that preacher straight over there. If I am out of order, praise God, and the Holy Ghost hasn't had that chance yet to set me straight, who do you think you are? I would never go to a church where I couldn't stand the pastor. Had people, I've had people tell me this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's an incredible preacher. He's a great preacher. No doubt about that. Oh, yeah. He can prophesy. He's even prophesied to me. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. I just can't stand him. Well, why are you here if you just can't stand me? I don't like you either. Now, I love you. Right? I don't have to like you. Amen. And um, what happens is uh, they begin to pray prayers that are not sanctioned by God. And they don't understand those are curse words which make them a witch or a warlock. 
Now you put yourself in a spiritual place to pray things, and now you become a witch. Or, well, I am not a witch. Yes, you are. If you are come, if you are pre, if you are prophesying and praying against your preacher, you are a witch. <laughs> With your wart on your nose and everything, praise God. No, I, and 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 we're not afraid of you. But, but I will tell you, I will tell you this. May the fear of the Lord come upon you because what you are doing is out of order and it's going to cause major problems in your life. And the Lord's already showed me that. So, But you know, haters can become elevators. And I prophesy to you, you're going up. You're going through. You're going in. Christ is about to show up. You know, the devil didn't fight you when you were in the world as much as he did when you got in church. You ever notice that? I was just chilling with my boys, drinking some beers, man, hanging loose. We were always having a good time. I mean, I was kind of miserable in life. I love Jesus. I'm glad I found him and everything. But my God, I went to church. You want to talk about people getting, a, I mean, stabbing people in the back and everything else. Well, not everybody that goes to church is a child of God. And can be used by the devil. Somebody say amen. Amen. Church, we are in the good fight of faith. Why is it good? Because we win. Just, just look at your neighbor and say, this is not a time to bow down. Just tell them. All right, verse 15. Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody said Nebuchadnezzar five times. Just don't say Beetlejuice three times. <laughs> All right. Nebuchadnezzar said, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Yikes. He thinks of himself like this, that nobody's going to be able to deliver. No God can deliver you out of my hands. Wow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to, to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Th these, these three are amazing. And the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So now we have these three Hebrew men, young men, that are now standing in faith saying, we know you have the power to kill us, but our God has higher power than yours. You should have never said what God can deliver you out of my hand. Because we're going to show you one today. At some point, you're going to have to go public with what you believe when, when there seems to be no way out of the situation. May I remind you that God will make a way where there seems to be no way? That if God, that, that, that if God before you, who can be against you? The Bible says that when the enemy comes um, against you one way, God will cause him to flee before you seven different ways. The Bible also says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord himself will raise up a standard against him. I'm here to tell someone today that you can't expect him when you can't explain him. When the doctor says, sorry, we've done all we can do, I can expect him. When the landlord says, you've got five days to get out, I can expect him. 
when the IRS says, you owe another $1,000, I can expect him. When you receive the news that someone you loved has passed away, I can expect him. I may not be able to explain him, but I know I can expect him. He's a right on show up God. He's faithful and just. Come on, somebody. He'll never leave me nor forsake me if I make my bed in hell. He'll be there. I can't always explain him, but I can always expect him to show up. Come on. Verse 18, the Hebrew boys said, but if not, if God chooses not to save us, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor do we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His pride got a hold of him and he spoke and commanded that the heat turned up in the furnace seven times hotter than normal. Seven times means complete, whole, total. Satan wants to utterly, thoroughly wipe you out. He wants to wipe out the memory of who you are, your heritage, your legacy, your children. He wants to do a good job of taking you out. But in verse 20, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast now in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Church, I don't know how else to say this except to say it. We judge people by our standards of holiness that we ourselves don't even live by. See, we want everybody else to be quick. We're quick to judge them, and yet we don't even judge ourselves. These men were bound. They were bound. And so sometimes they look, that's what happens when you don't follow the rules. You get bound up, and that ain't of God. But sometimes I'm here to tell you, when you follow God, sometimes you walk in a place where you've been bound, but you did nothing to get bound up in the first place. Come on, somebody. And so they bind you up, and then they throw you away. I said they'll bind you up, and then they'll throw you away. But I want to prophesy this morning and say that there's a generation of men and women of God who's about to be mightily used. They may look bound and thrown away, but the reason why they've been bound and thrown away is not because God was judging them, but because the enemy is afraid of their voices. Come on. God is looking. God is searching for the people who are in the fire. It's in the furnace of affliction that we are refined. It's in the furnace of affliction that we find out who we are. It's in the furnace of affliction that we find out who he is. It's in the furnace of affliction that we are developed and changed. It's in the furnace of affliction that we are forged through obedience to reign over our adversaries. The truth is, unless there's a willingness to go through the process, you can't get to the promotion. Therefore, verse 22, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, and the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't worry about your enemies. He said, God said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And the same ones that built the, built the gallows was, was Haman, and he ends up on the very gallows he built. 
They dig a hole for their enemies and fall into the same hole. The Bible's replete with scriptures like that over and over. And these men, three men in verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Are we going to judge them because they fell by what had them bound? Or are we going to look again and understand that something else is going on? That's why don't be careful to judge one another or even judge ourselves. Sometimes we're there by divine order of God. In verse 24, then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound to the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loosed, walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Church, they may have went down bound, but they came up free. Somebody say amen. Woo! Good morning, faith builders. I said you better came in this place one way, but you're about to leave another way. You came in bound, but you're going to leave this place free. You came on in unhappy. You're coming out leaving this place with the joy of the Lord. And I want to let you know that it may look like it's over, like God didn't care, like he was nowhere to be found, like he loved everybody else but you, like he abandoned you, like he tried to publicly shame you. But I'm here to tell you that he is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. His name is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is with you. Christ is in your crisis. And the only thing that's getting burned this morning are the very things that have you bound. There's a dynamic in the demonic. Kim Clement said that. And I love it. I've been saying it ever since. There's a deliverer in the dilemma. And there is the Christ in the crisis. And when you're in the fire, two things. You have to understand. Number one, the revelation is he's with you. COVID, he was with me. You got cancer this morning. He's with you. But the two things you walk away and understand is there's something you leave in that fire. Number one, and that is the things that have you bound. Whatever has you bound are the things that need to stay in the fire until they're burned completely up. What has you bound? What has you bound? And when you come out of the fire, the second thing you realize is the Bible says when the king realized what had happened, he took them and he promoted them. The devil has to pay back. And God has to keep his word. Not because we make him keep his word. Because he can't lie. When I say he has to, he 
He has to. He's not a liar. Whatever he promised you, I don't care what it looks like. The only thing that's getting burned up right now are things that are keeping you bound. But when you come out, you're coming out pure gold and you are about to be promoted. There's a new anointing. There's a fresh anointing. Hallelujah. Right where you're at, just lift your hands. Those watching me right now, my television or your devices, lift your hands in your place and just begin to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I may be going through a fire, but I know you're with me and I'm not afraid and everything's okay. It's not meant to last forever. The fourth man is in the fire with me right now. Christ is in the crisis. You are with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I will not be afraid and I will not bow to the pressure. I will stay here until everything in me is burned Wrong, that's wrong in me is burned out of me in the name of Jesus. I will never be bound again. And I thank you for my promotion that comes, my promotion, my breakthrough, my help. I thank you, Lord God, right now that, that there's a new anointing, a fresh anointing. Let it come, O oh Holy Spirit. Let it come now and fall upon us. A fresh anointing, a new anointing. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. We give you praise and glory for.